Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Up next on Inside Champ Car and Inside the SCCA, cars, cameras, and a new heart. For those of you who are used to listening to either of these podcasts, you're probably wondering what in the world I am talking about. I'm Brian Polanski. Guy above me up there, that's Bill Strong. For those of you who usually watch Inside the SCCA, you'll learn who he is. Uh, for those of you who are normally here for Inside Champ Car, welcome. Bill, an interesting way we're going to do things today. Yep. Uh, we do two, I do two podcasts. I come here every Tuesday with you and do Inside Champ Car. Yep. And then on Wednesday nights, I, I go and, and do what I call the podcast that started it all, Inside yep. the SCCA. Uh, tonight, we're coming together and joining forces for the common good. <laughs> yep. And for the record, I was an SCCA member from 1984 until, I think, 89, 90 yeah. when I went overseas in the Air Force yeah. and came back and was a member for a little bit before I came over to Champ Car. So, yep. So I've always <laughs> said and, and that, that racing is just a big, big family. And no matter whether it's it's car people in SCCA or Champ Car or NHRA or NASCAR or IndyCar or IMSA, um, when the racing community, when one of our, our people needs our help or needs our support, um, we all come together. And uh, this is kind of why we're doing this today. Um, our guest is James Candelaria. Uh, James, uh, we're going to get to the, the first question we always ask in just a second. But uh, James has had uh, a heck of a, a heck of a couple of months um the he's the, had an adventure he has had quite the adventure and uh the whole racing community has come together to support him yep. through his adventure and uh, that's why we're doing this together as a racing family kind of podcast so yep. uh so james let's get to you right now and start to, with the question that we ask every guest the first time they're on either of our shows and that is how did you get mixed up in this crazy sport that we all love well, that's a good question. I uh, actually have been uh, kind of reminiscing over that for the past month or so. I got a um, basically did an HPD event with a friend of mine who said, you know, hey, listen, I drive race cars. I drive cars on racetracks. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you race? He's like, no, but, you know, it's super fun. So I got an HPD, got an instructor in my C5 Corvette at the time. And, um, you know, it was unbelievably fun. I was awful. I was really bad at it. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I, uh, but it, it instantly hooked me and I knew this is where I'm going to spend all my time and money for the rest of my life. <laughs> and you can do that. You can spend all of your time and all of your money for the rest of your life in motorsports. Totally. Um, and, uh, you know, so from there we went ahead and, uh, I have a huge, uh, competitive instinct. So we decided to, after, you know, a year or two of HPDE with some, in some really fast cars, which I don't really advise. My C7 Z06 was like the first car I really learned HPDE on, and um, it was not a good choice. But beyond that, I decided to go to racing school down at Sebring um, and formula cars. And yes, my back still hurts. Hmm. Uh, so, so and then from there ahead. we just from there we just kind of kept kept the perpetual motion and money burning machine going. Yeah. So so for for those in the SCCA. I think they know you as a road racer. Mm -hmm. For those at Inside Champ Car in the Champ Car world, I think they know you as a camera guy right now because I think that's what you've done more in their world. Um, and well, he has raced with us, but most recently, right? Yeah, you've most been... recently though, it's the the Sentinel, right? Right, camera system. So um, let's let's talk about racing first. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about your Champ Car exploits i know you, you've done that in the past uh what what is your what is your racing background with 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 the champ car series 
So a handful of events. Um, I think we did, uh, what did we do? We did Road Atlanta um, with Round 3 Racing, Brad and Buzz McCall, in their um, in their uh, Porsche Boxsters that they campaigned for, I think, just a year. Yep. But I was, I was actually the first, um, well, I think I might have been the first Round 3 Racing um, driver on track with Champ Car. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke three transmissions in one weekend at Road Atlanta. Um, that was less than fun. Um, and then we did we did a handful of other events. And um, when that program moved on to WRL, that's kind of where I followed them too. And I did a lot of a lot of racing with them in WRL. Right. Um, but you were, uh, they had that TV. They had, they had that TV show too, didn't they? Yeah, that was fun. Um, I missed most of the filming because I had a, a nasty accident at some point at a uh, at a majors and um, basically pushed my femur through my pelvis and had uh, uh, four fractures in my pelvis. Ouch. So I was kind of out of out of commission for a lot of the season. Yeah, that doesn't sound comfortable. No, it was inoperable, um, which was I'm told is uh, is worse than an operable fracture because you can't put it back together real easy. It just has to heal on its own. Right. Right. No fun, but you know, brake failure at 153 miles an hour will do that to you. Yeah. Oh. That's where, uh, where'd you, where'd you crash there? That must've been on the front straight. Uh, yeah. Front straight went right to the pedal, went, went into the pedal. It was just no one home decided to try to turn the car. And then, uh, unfortunately an A sedan driver who I happen to know pretty well, um, was the recipient of a Corvette at, um, almost Ooh. terminal velocity. Ooh. So he, he was, a, he had a small injury. I had a pretty good sized injury. Thankfully he all healed up and, uh, we both put our cars back together and, Live to fight another day. So, SCCA car. Yes. Yeah. So SCCA champ car. We're pretty much the same when it comes to safety and that. So, what could you have? Could you have done anything different in the car to to change the outcome? Or I totally is that just one of those things. Like you said, terminal velocity. I mean, I, I think the one thing I could have done was pay more attention on the outlap when the brakes didn't feel right. Um, um, you know, I kept pumping them like I thought I had pad knockback. Um, but it wasn't pad knockback. It was me losing fluid out of the, uh, one of the bleeders. Um, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, if you ever think you've got a problem with your brakes, just pit. Right. I mean, it's just, it's not worth it. Especially if you have a car that can do 150 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my 21 car is serious business. Um, we, uh, we did, we've done a lot with that car and, um, unfortunately, uh, now, the safety equipment mostly did its job. The problem was I hit the Mustang's rear axle, solid rear axle, and it actually folded my frame rail into my containment seat. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's so just below the cage. Wow. So you, what, your impact was at the perfect place. Yeah. The imperfectly <laughs> perfect place to result yeah. in that injury. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, listen, I mean, it's you can only protect so much, right? You can only add so many bars. Um, what we did do is, um, you know, Joe Aquilante over at Phoenix, who maintains my cars for me, um, we did make a big change to the roll cage. Now we have down bars that actually tie directly to the frame rail. Huh. So in this case, now the frame and the um, cage are actually physically connected. Um, so, and he's been, he moved that uh, modification into all the new cages he built. Got it. Cool. Got it. That's good. I, I love it when, I mean, it's unfortunate that you got hurt, but that we learn stuff from stuff. You yeah. know, when bad stuff happens, we learn stuff to hopefully make sure that that same bad stuff doesn't happen again. Um, yeah, they say the rule book's written in blood, and unfortunately, yep. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's something that we've done over the years is that when we have a any accident, really, we try to go get pictures of the cage and to see, make sure all the safety stuff worked and, if it did fail, why did it fail? You know, right. We contact the manufacturers and or the resellers and say, hey, you know, that we saw this. How can we fix that? Yeah. And uh, or how can our members fix it? Because right. ultimately it comes down to them. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's it's smart. I mean, we've got to learn from our mistakes. I mean, nobody wants to see racers get hurt. So right. Yeah, yeah. and especially it's... with champ I mean with champ car, it's like we you know, this is a weekend thing. Most of the guys that race with us all I mean, even with the SCCA, they yep. they have day jobs on Monday they gotta get back to. And it's hard to get back to your day job on Monday when you're in a cast, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we say, you know, we learn from mistakes, but it, you know, even yeah. it's not even a mistake. We just, you didn't think that could do what that did, you right. know? So, um, and that's a good way to, to make sure that we keep moving forward in, in the safety and the different parts of the thing. 
So transferring over to to the SECA world, um, I know this year you I can't you came in second at the runoffs, right? Uh, almost. Almost um, second. <laughs> he just rubs that in, doesn't he? <laughs> as I like to say, it was the misshift heard around the world? Right? Oh yeah, I remember now. Lap number one, looking at Mark Bowden in my mirror, and uh, the three-four shift, I zing the limiter, and then it doesn't want to go into gear. Yeah. And I have a choice. I have a choice to make at that point. VIR is extremely hard to pass. Um, so I mean, if I would have if I would have covered him off on the entry to fourteen, I I probably would have had a much better chance of uh, holding on a second. But it was lap one. Um, you know, in the in the biggest race of the year. I'm not risking. I'm not risking the entire race by uh, by covering off um, uh, a, a potential pass, which was ended up. And he did end up making uh, on lap one. It just, that seemed that seemed like the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So finished third. I mean, I had the fast. I had a faster lap time than Mark did, but at, at that point, it was just he had the faster. He had the faster initial pace, and um, you know, if I didn't miss that shift, who knows. Yeah. So nobody gets to the runoffs and, and gets up front qualifying and is able to vie for a podium position in one full swoop. So what was your SCCA journey to get to this past year? Um, how long? How long? What did you start in? I know you're a Corvette guy. Have you always been doing Corvettes? Yeah. So I've been shooting um, the Corvette gun quite a bit. So I uh, started with C5s. Um, we built some really nasty, mean C5s until we got to the limit of what we what we could done what we could do with the C5 platform. C5 platform with the LS6, or the LS6 just can't make enough torque to come off the corner the way that the LS7 does. So we switched into a C6 with the LS7 drivetrain um, and makes you know roughly the same amount of horsepower, but makes more torque everywhere. Um, so I've been doing at this for five years. Uh, me and Brad McCall actually met at Sonoma where we ran door to door. Like you couldn't put a sheet of paper between the two of us, his Porsche and my C5. And we had, a, we got all the airtime because we were the best battle on, on the racetrack. Um, so if you want to go back and watch Sonoma, that was really fun. I, I think I finished seventh. He finished eighth. Um, and then um, a couple of years later, we end up at the, uh, Road America, where we got our first podium finish. Um, Andrew broke. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark and Tom finished ahead of me in E92s, um, and I ended up third at the at Road America in 2020. Um, took 2021 off. Um, 22, I think I didn't go. Uh, that was the year of my accident, and then obviously 23. We qualified second, um, you know, by a hair's breadth, and of course missed that shift and finished third. Right. So have you? So, uh, have what you? What goes through your mind? What oh, goes go through your mind when you miss the shift? <laughs> oh, man, I'm this just is beating a, myself this is, up in my helmet. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, an agnostic question. So, not it pertains to Champ Car and it pertains to SCCA because we've had finishes come down to, you know, literally an inch and a half, two inches, something like that for a finish which could have been a misshift at lap one seven hours ago. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing about endurance racing is everything counts, right? You miss a pit stop by like a second or two, that that could be the margin of victory, um, you know, in an eight-hour race. It always amazes me how tight these races are. I've done so much endurance racing in WRL and a handful yeah. of races with you guys at the at Champ Car, and it, it always amazes me after eight hours that the top teams are same lap, you know, a couple seconds away from each other. It's 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 really kind of cool to watch. You know, in in champ champ car, it's all about the team. You know, uh, everybody has to come together. Everybody has to. All the drivers got to do their job. Um, you know, when there's problems, you have to work through it through adversity. Uh, you have you always worked with Phoenix? We're inside the SCCA for sure. Um, Phoenix has maintained all of my cars. Um, C5, C6 is um, the only thing I've ever run up in Corvettes with those guys. Right. So, um, there a reason why you chose a Corvette? It was my dream car when I was a kid. Like it was just like, uh, hey, if I work hard and you know, save my pennies, I can get one of these. Yeah. And so I've had a number of Corvette street cars, and I've had way more Corvette race cars than I've had street cars. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a 
cool car. Because they're, they're good cars. They also protect you in tornadoes. <laughs> oh, and that, that's, a different, that's a different story from a few or a bunch of episodes ago. You can find it. Somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. The C6, I think it was. Yeah. Now <clears throat> now it's a C6 with some creative uh, paint job on it. So It's lightning marks. <laughs> lightning yeah. marks. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. So let's uh, let's go back. I'm gonna guess what about two months ago now. Um, <laughs> I get this. Um, I see a Facebook post, and um, you you popped up and and mentioned that you were having some some issues and um, that uh, you had you were going to see the best doctors you could find and and um, um, let's let's go back to that. Tell us tell us a little bit about that story. Where when where did that start? Because we see you at the racetrack, you are as fit as anybody I've ever seen yep. put on a driver's suit. Um, and when I think of people going through what you've gone through, you, you are not the you are not the picture of what is in my mind for that. So talk to me about what happened. Yeah, so unfortunately, I've been battling some um, heart failure issues for almost twenty years. You oh, know, wow. got cleared by docs to go racing. Um, because I've been very well compensated. Like I climbed the Leaning Tower of Pisa last year on my own. We go swimming in the ocean. We do a lot of real, and obviously I race cars, done a really lot of strenuous stuff, and it's never been an issue until I managed to get COVID for the first time, November 19th uh, this of, of 2023. Hmm. And it just threw my entire body for a loop. My um, So my heart decided... It was going to go into ventricular tachycardia constantly. We arrested four times in one day. Wow. Um, we had to be shocked back into rhythm. I had an internal defibrillator, which shocked me back three times, and then they had to do external paddles one time. Um, and so that was no fun. Uh, they did a, um, you know, the Boca Regional Hospital in down in Florida. They stabilized me, but they ran out of tools very quickly. It's a community hospital. They don't do transplants. They don't do ventricular assist devices. So it became clear that I needed uh, more specialized care. So we moved, had me transferred to Jacksonville uh, Mayo Clinic, where they've done last year, they did 82 hearts wow. transplants. I mean, so these guys know what they're doing. It's an assembly That's line process. Yeah. Um, and um, we had a lot of, it was a lot, very touch and go until I actually got the heart. Um, and now I'm, you know, I'm, this heart is, three times better measurably by, uh, by testing than the heart that uh, came out. So, um, you know, it's a very healthy heart. It's just a matter of now getting back into fighting shape, right? I'm just really weak muscle atrophy from sitting in an ICU bed for over a month with not being able to walk or really move. So, um, I've lost over 25 pounds of fat and muscle. Um, but I'm alive. So that's yeah. all that matters right now. So those of us who are your friends on Facebook, your your wife kept us up to speed on what was going on. Uh, we saw the pictures from the hospital room and, and you know, there was lots of messages of support. Uh, Eric Call and I talked and, and Bill talked about it on, um, on a podcast we did uh, a couple, what, six weeks ago. Um, and uh, we've all kept a real close eye on all of that. But the, one of the things that really caught my ear Caught my eye. You wrote something after the after the heart transplant when you were starting to get your strength back. That um, you had talked to your doctors, and they were putting you on a special rehab plan because you were going to go racing again. And oh, yeah. and how is so? My dad back when when I was fifteen or sixteen had a heart condition, a heart moment. Uh, they called it a mini a mini heart attack. And uh, my dad had raced back in the 60s. He had this little heart moment. I'm 15 years old. The doctor says, you got to go get a hobby. He gets cleared to go have a hobby. He walks into the doctor's office with an SECA medical form and says, here, sign this. And the doctor yeah. says, I think I was thinking more like stamp collecting, but yeah. you're, you're healthy enough to go racing. If this is the hobby you want and you think this will relax you, I will sign this. Up. So, but that's not a heart transplant. That's just, you know, a tiny heart thing. <laughs> When you right. when you looked at your doctors in the eye and said, "Docs, I want to go racing again," what did they tell you? Or what was the what, what did they look at you and say back? Well, they were a little like thrown for a loop, and then it realized like how serious about the hobby I was. And you know, my wife is great. She decorated my room with things that were important to me, and a lot of it was 
know, pictures of me at the racetrack with yeah. my daughter, pictures of me standing on podiums and, um, you know, with the, uh, with the super tour flags from some of the races I've won. And, um, so she, uh, you know, she really put it out there like, Hey, this is what he does. And he wants to get back to this. Yeah. So I talked to my docs and I'm like, listen, this is super important to me. What do I have to do to get there? And, you know, the docs are like, listen, after six months, you basically are a very, you're a very normal compensated, uh, man of your age. Um, and if you want to go racing, that's fine, but we just need to make sure you're, you're fit enough to do it. So what they told me was they're going to have, um, you know, they're going to want to put me in an HPDE, uh, an instrument to me, mm -hmm. um, to make sure that I don't have like anything weird going on behind the wheel. Um, and so I joked with them. I'm like, all right, well, you know, the guy who's sitting next to me is not going to be on in, not going to want to be in that car for more than two laps. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. They're going to give you the new guy, you know, yeah. hey, hey, go with this guy. He doesn't look experienced enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but no, they, in seriousness, um, they do a lot of uh, Mayo clinic. They, um, they've got this, uh, this specialized rehab program they use for space medicine. Mm. Um, so astronaut, uh, training and whatnot and rehab. And um, so they're going to fire me over to those guys, and then they're going to put together a program to uh, make sure that I can handle the environmental issues of being in a race car. You know, right. we all know race cars are hot. You yeah. know, I tend to lose five, six pounds of water in a weekend just sweating through my driver's suit. I, and I do run a cool box and a cool and a cool shirt, but you know, that only goes so far, especially in Florida. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a a ramp up process. You're not going to go from you know, I, you're cleared to try this out to I'm going to race at Road Atlanta. Right. You said HPD first, um, and then I'm guessing you'll have a little event here, a little event there, and get yourself back up to where you can go through a full weekend. Hey, don't worry. I'll be back at the Super Tour, Brian. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. The people who are worried are the other people in your class. So, <laughs> so they're just going to monitor you up, heart monitors the whole bit? Blood test, yeah, that's my like that. that's my guess. They're going to put a heart monitor, probably a, some type of portable blood pressure cuff. That they're going to want to run. I'm not quite sure exactly what they want, but uh, whatever they want to do to make sure I'm I'm cleared, I'm more than willing to participate. Yeah, well, there might not be enough room in that car for an HPD instructor. It just <laughs> may be sensors mounted to the you know, you know computers and stuff. Matt, because they're big computers, right? Well, in, in today's world, you know, they what? probably just put a couple of yeah. sensors on you and put an iPhone it's a in your watch. pocket. It's yeah. a watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I got I picked up an Apple Watch and uh, just to make sure that my heart rates are uh, kind of where Wait, we expect them. Is that, but, no, the, o, the, the O2 thing doesn't work on those anymore. Actually, yeah. they do um, because they had a stay of the injunction against them right. um, oh, until the end of January. Um, so I was able to buy one. Um, so. That's a we'll really see. good system, and it sucks because I thought because I'm a Samsung guy, so I thought my Samsung had all that stuff on it during COVID, and of course that got taken off like right before it. <laughs> and it's I'm, I'm like I know it was on here a week ago, and it wasn't. So, but yeah, that 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 technology is really really good. Yeah, unfortunately, they violated some patents, and uh, I'm, I hold a number of patents myself from a previous yeah, life, and yeah. um, so it's like I, I I kind of understand why. You uh, people get bent out of shape when your intellectual property oh, yeah. gets uh, stepped yeah, yeah. on. So. Oh yeah, yeah, we're yeah. there too. So what? Um, so going off to the tech side of this now, you've developed. Uh, what made you develop the uh, camera system? So it was originally for personal use, right? So I remember testing it at Road America, um, because like literally, I wanted to share my experience behind the wheel, um, with everybody in the world, um, uh, because mm -hmm. I have so much fun doing it. I want to see, I want people to see what's happening in real time. And I've tried all the commercial solutions like GoPros and Yeez and all that other stuff. And, you know, they're, they're, they're lacking in a lot of ways. Remember these Randy, Ch uh, Randy Chase's uh, chase cams. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah those, are, those are a little getting a little old these days. Oh yeah. They're very old. So still, still have them. They still work. Yeah. Now, if you have a little square TV, they're awesome. But and that's the thing. There's, <laughs> Yeah, you know the little little uh, non-digital analog stuff. Yeah, but the you know now moving over to 1080 and 4K, that's what everybody seems to want nowadays. And then sending it out to the web so their friends can see it. 
Yeah, you know, and, if it didn't uh, it happen in real time, if it's not live, did it really happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so and... we really wanted to be different in that space because we wanted to be able to give you more than one camera angle. And I also wanted to give you timing and scoring. And I also wanted to give you car health. And I realized that if I didn't do it all, I would just be another <laughs> also ran yeah. in the like point solutions. Like I used to be an IT consulting and point solutions are just a pain in the neck, right? Because you need yeah. five of them to make a system that works. Um, and then you got to deal with inter-vendor communication and it becomes a nightmare. So I wanted to put it all under one roof. Um, so I spent, gosh, it had to be like at least a year or maybe more of development time before we really launched it into the endurance racing market. And uh, we quickly found a product market fit in endurance racing because the car is at risk for, as a car owner, you've got your car at risk eight hours uh, you know, per race and most likely two races a weekend. So you want to know what's going on. And as the next driver is going in the car, I want to know what the car is doing. So I'll find myself watching my uh, co-drivers to see what the behavioral characteristics of the car. Are we running out of tire? You know, is is you know, is he taking all the lust, uh, all the life out of the car? You know, what what do I have to do when when I get in the race car? What do I need to be aware of? So um, you know, so we really kind of buckled down and got the big rocks moved, and I'm really happy with where the system is today. So, yeah, we we've actually used a lot of your your you know a lot of our drivers have the system in. They throw it up to YouTube, and then we grab that for the inside or uh, for uh, Champ Car Live. Yeah, we got a few SRT links. Did we give those to you? What was that now? Did we give you the raw SRT side of it so you could pick it up without having to scrape YouTube? Nope, did not get that. So okay, so I'll yeah. hook you up with Jake. We have a uh, we have an API call that okay. uh, for the live broadcast team that can pick up the SRT link directly for super low latency and better video quality. Holly will love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's a real game changer. I mean, it's oh, yeah. like. Yeah, it's less than two seconds of latency, and um, the the video quality is much higher. Right, and that's kind of what we do. We just run to our RTMP server, and then we just pull it off for ourselves. So yeah. yeah, we can do RTMP, but I like SRT because I can adjust the bit rate on the fly. Right. Um. So as uh, as network conditions change, we back off the we back off the bit rate uh, if we're going through a dead zone. When we come out of the dead zone, we crank it back up. So like Road Atlanta. Exit turn five, you know, you, you start dropping packets. So we'll snub it down to like 300 K bit. And then um, as we exit and kind of get down that uh, ridiculously long straight back there, halfway through the kink there, we can start raising that up to like five megabit. because so you can hear the cell tower again. Right. Yeah. Now Daytona, you have a uh, banking. It's a fun place, but that banking really kills a lot of the, the, the cellular stuff, mainly because so, the car's in a bank and just the antenna's not pointed up in the air. Daytona is interesting for a lot of reasons, and banking is definitely part, a large part of it, but it's also multipath distortion. Yep. There's so much metal yeah. um, in the stands that uh, you're going to get, uh, I'm not sure how much of an RF engineer you guys are, but you get a reflection of um of data um yeah. and you have to the receiver has to discard the late data or has to or has to decide is the late data pertinent um and has to put it back together so it's right. daytona is just evil um well, and we it's, do it, have an external antenna that works way better than the little yeah. patch antennas yeah. um and that's uh, strictly a matter of gain yeah yeah and we, that's kind of what we did with the banking because we would lose our cameras in the banking which is the best spot to have a camera Right, they're doing going around and, miles an hour. Yeah, and well, ours are our guys are doing a what? How fast are they going? Ninety-eight miles an hour. <laughs> well, only I mean, you and the Opal. We were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> even we saw people going by us at ninety-eight miles an hour. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's the banking was just the first year we did it was just the worst. We had great straight, you know. But once they got in a banking, we lost it. But well, since we put the external antennas on it. Huge difference. And, Huge difference. And it de also depends on on the car because we had uh, we were at Homestead this weekend, mm -hmm. and we had two cars with your systems in it. Same driver, same team, different cars. And in one of the cars, every time they would come out of NASCAR four, we'd lose the camera. And and then the next race, he was in a different car with a, the system in it, and he would we, rock solid, no problems at all. Um, yeah, how to be Chris, right? What's that? 
That was Chris, right? Yes, it was Chris. So um, I don't know if that one car had the, the antenna and one car didn't, but um, whatever the case was, there's so many variables to all of this. And, and you know, I, I do the Cal Club races and Super Tour, and, and obviously Bill has all of the stuff for the Champ Car races, and, and it's our constant battle to keep to get oh. an in car up and working and and you're and what worked last year yeah may not work saturday that's but it's true. working great on sunday that's true you know so yeah it's the worst and it's that's that's actually the worst part of the job but, but interesting. I, I thought about um running a track-based private cell network for a little bit toting around towers and whatnot yeah. and um, it's just the business case yeah, isn't exactly. there there's sure. just not enough customers yeah so there's actually a couple of systems coming out now but the cost is just so outrageous i mean we have 20 cameras for our you know well between 12 and 20 cameras for our shows that we can use and um you figure 2500 dollars per solution and i really don't want to get involved with that but it's radio based and it, or wi-fi six and it's it, it can travel it can it supposedly it can work at daytona so if it works at daytona I'm told it should work at Road America, which I still don't understand because, you know, Road America is a lot of trees. Yes, that's a lot of trees there. But we have no problem with cellular at any of the tracks we go to anymore. It's pretty much spot on with cellular and with Eric coming on. And now I don't, we run the professional level cellular SIM cards in our systems. So, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think Eric can actually get those cards as well. So, um, when we switched over to those hotspots and, and SIM cards, that changed us. That changed it so much better. Yeah, it's network priority, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, they QOS you based on how much you pay. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I just paid and, my bill today, which I'm <laughs> poor this today. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a matter. Yeah, it's a matter of if you don't if you don't pay for the upper tier, you are at what they call best effort, um, yeah. and they can drop your they can drop your packets yeah. for any reason. Yeah. So, yeah. We. we yeah, go ahead. I was like, so, so, James, tell us about the the, the nitty gritty of your system for folks at home yeah. who want to put this in your car, um, and for those of us who want to broadcast where people put in their cars. Uh, tell us about your system, how it works, and then we can talk a little bit about what it costs. Sure. So the system is um, base system comes with two cameras. You can expand it to three. I really like the three camera option simply because it gets you a driver uh, camera a front camera and a rear camera. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's pretty attractive because as a car owner, I like to see what the driver's doing in case there's an incident. Right. Um, And uh, rear camera really tells you when there is an incident, what really happened? Um, You know, did you get hit by, from behind? What, what did you do or what, what precipitated the incident? Um, So we get all that. We also have an option for you to tie into your aim data system. So we could pick up throttle, brake, um, all the car health stuff, oil temp, oil pressure, water temp, all that stuff. So we can you, also... can plug it, you can plug it into OBD2 or is it? No, so it has to be an AIM system um, today. So like a solo DL. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, or any one of the major uh, AIM loggers. Um, mm-hmm. So like the Evo 4 or any other primary logger. Okay. Um, then what else can we do with it? So... We have also timing and scoring, right? So I can pick up timing and scoring directly from race monitor, yep. as long as you provide your um, transponder number. Um, we can pick up um, race hero, but that's dependent on their API, and that API will only let me abuse it so much. Yeah. So every 30 seconds or so, we'll get an update from that API. Race monitor, on the other hand, since I pay more money, uh, will um, relies on web sockets. And will notify me when the transponder has new information. Right. So that's all in real time. And for future use, I know that SEC has moved to Flagtronics. Uh, Champ Car has been using Flagtronics for a few years now. And Flagtronics, we're moving to a timing and scoring system with that as well in the future. Hopefully the near future. That's James uh, Ballinger's. Tra- yeah, that's James uh, Ballinger's company. Yep. And yep. one of the things that we're going to continue to do is still transmit to uh, race monitor. So, um that way, this will not go out of date. It's still going to be able to uh, gather the information that you need for your overlays. Yeah, so James and I have talked a bunch about integrations with uh, Flytronics mm-hmm. um, and for, like, local yellows and stuff that we don't get from Race Monitor. Um, they do have a CAN interface, mm-hmm. uh, and, we have a, and that's the way we pull in our, um, our data from AIM is we have a CAN board inside of our system, um, and uh, we just decode the, um, the CAN stream coming out of AIM because it's generalized 
Um, so we don't have to pick and choose which PIDs or anything like that. Um, so, um, yeah, James and I have talked about uh, doing that. It's just a matter of getting finding finding the time and uh, time to debug it. Yeah. Um, so um, let's see. Me and him will follow up and uh, possibly have something to announce in you know a few months. Cool. That's very good. Yeah. And what else do we do with the system? Um, oh, we can also do local recording. Um, so your broadcast resolution tends to be 720p. Good, nice compromise. Uh, we do support SRT, um, which allows us to change the um, the bit rate on the fly. We also do RTMP, of course, if you want to go to uh, any RTMP endpoint. Um, we do have something called the Sentinel Video Network, which allows you to SRT to my cloud server and then rebroadcast over RTMP into YouTube or Facebook or what have you, oh, as sweet. well as as well as get all the benefits of SRT for the broadcast team, as well as um, automatic bitrate adjustment. So it's a pretty big product differentiator for us. So is it is it fairly simple to use? I mean, do you need a broadcast engineer to help you set it up? <laughs> I mean, with IMSA, I've worked with IMSA a couple of times, and they have a guy that goes around and sets it up all for you, and then another guy that, you know, tunes it and tweaks it or whatever with his little screwdriver. Do you, do you need to have, have that kind of stuff done, or is this sort of set it up nah. and go play? In general, the, the average racer can figure it out. It's all web-based. Um, you know, you can literally stop and start the stream while the car is out on the race on the racetrack. Oh, wow. You don't need to uh, stop and start the stream if you want to just flip camera angles and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, our biggest weak point is the UI uh, web UI programming is awful and not my forte. So, um, we're having um, I do have a contractor looking at overhauling the web UI, but in general. You can operate a television. You can operate uh, uh, our system pretty easily. Installation yeah. setup can be, you know, um, just a matter of plugging in two two cameras, a power twelve volt power source, um, and uh, putting a SIM card in front of it and uh, running antenna wire. That's about it. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things I get a lot of questions: Hey, I want to run live stream because I want my family to see this, or you know, my drivers want to see this during the race, but you know, we have a lot of arrive and drive drivers that run a champ car, WRL and other series as well. Um, one of the things I tell them is that if you've got customers, you're going to want to record your stuff for them. You want to record the data and all that stuff so you can review it later. Sometimes live stream, you may get a cutout when you most need that data and it may go away. We can't, you know, you may have the best cellular connection in the world, but you go under that tunnel, you might lose that, that, you know, under that bridge, you may lose it for a second or two. Can you record at a high, high resolution with this camera? Totally. Yeah. So we have a, your bit rate independent. We actually have separate encoders, um, for the, on the, for the USB stick versus the, uh, the broadcast stream and they're uh, completely decoupled video and audio paths. So, um, you know, we have the ability for you to record and all you need to do is stick a USB stick in the front of it. I don't like SD cards. I don't like, uh, you know, micro SD cards. This is they're just a pain in the neck to use. So we recommend these little Samsung bar um, for like 30 bucks. You get a 512 gig uh, stick and, uh, you know, forget about it. You're just, you plug it in and you're good to go. How long do those last? So it depends on your bit rate, right? So we recommend on the recording at a 10 megabit bit rate um, on the card and that'll pretty That's much go. Pretty damn good. Yeah, you'll, you, yeah 10, meg, 10 megabits at 720p or 10 megabits at 1080p is a really good quality yeah. picture. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, those will go multiple, multiple, multiple race weekends without having any format. So the, the cool part about having a USB, um, a thumb drive, basically, is what you're, what you're talking about, right? Yep. So having a thumb drive is you get out of the car. You could pull that thumb drive out, go with you. The new driver comes in, sticks another thumb drive in. That's his thumb drive. So yep. you could be reviewing your driver's laps while the other guys are out there. Totally. Doing an endurance race. Yeah, it's just a matter of making sure you format it at 32. Um, that's usually the biggest stumbling block. We have a button on our web UI to allow you to format it uh, while the system is up. Um, so, uh, you know, it's really not a big deal. We're based on a Linux kernel that doesn't have support for EXFAT. Right. Um, so it's just making a big kernel change right now is like... So, so for, for all you guys that aren't computer nerds, the FAT32 is just old school formatting. It's 
nothing right. nothing new about it. And it works on, yeah, it works yeah. on both Macintosh and and Windows, so that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's always that's always a good thing. So, all right, the the, the big question always comes next is what what, what does this all cost? Uh, so our base kit's twenty seven hundred bucks. Um, we're reviewing our pricing right now. Unfortunately, we're not making. Um, we originally got into this business not to make money, but to not lose money. Um, and, you know, with the way, obviously we've all seen what inflation has done to everything. Um, you know, we're at, the, we're at this point where we're really not making money. So that price is subject to change. Right. Um, but uh, we're gonna offer some new SKUs that are gonna bundle more value in for not a lot of more money. Um, so I wanna, I wanna keep giving value to our customers and. You know, we should have seen this product two, two and a half years ago. It didn't have half the features it has sure. now. Right. Um, all I do is sit and write code. Um, and that's still, on, even for the low-budget racers, I, I know there's guys out there that $2,700, it's a whole race entry. But you throw some guys together, everybody throws in a few bucks, and you can have yourself a nice little system in your car. And yeah, I mean, oh. it's in, in SCCA land, that's maybe a set and a half of tires. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. you know. Those big Corvette tires anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 315, 345. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, Those, uh, the Formula V tire is a little less expensive. Um, yeah, the, one, the 165 13s for the Opal. They're, <laughs> do you they're ha- not close to That's like two years with the tires. I, I know this doesn't pertain to the to the Champ Car folks, but do you have an open wheel uh, solution for for the folks who, who have the little teeny cars? Because we like to put in car cams on our broadcasts for those, too. Yeah, so if you looked at the the runoffs, Kelton Jago um, in FE2, um, before he got caught up in somebody else's mess, had a yeah. Sentinel on there. Um, and um, it it fit. It you know you're not going to get it in a Formula V, but in, you can get it in FE2. Um, we're looking at we're always looking at form factor updates, um, but there's just it, it, there's a matter of a minimum amount of 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 real estate we need for cooling um right. as well as for um you know just the amount of stuff we have in there so we got our own custom can board which i designed we've got a system on chip by nvidia that, uh, that we use which is kind of a, a closed form factor um and then we have a everything's an extruded aluminum case um that we directly have attached to a, a thermal pad for uh, for cooling so it, it's a little tough to shrink it um but it's something we're always looking at and people don't really realize how much heat some of these cameras develop. Oh, you know, the God. systems just, themselves. It's just so much heat. E- electronics in general. If you watch Formula One and you see those guys come in after a, a you know, and pull into the garage, and you see them attach like seventy-four fans to the cars and every duct that they have. Um, yes, yeah, some of that's for brakes. Some of that's to keep the engine coolant, you know, the water circulating. But a whole lot of that is to keep electronics cool. Right. Now, now, now there is something else. So we get asked all the time, "Hey, Bill, what's what's the helmet camera I should buy?" Well, first of all, helmet cameras aren't allowed um, in Champ Car. I don't know about others, but we we don't allow the helmet cams because they can actually, if you get into an accident, they can actually go through the helmet. But yeah. um, uh, Racing Force has their camera that's uh, FIA uh, allowed by the FIA. It's one of the Formula One and IndyCar and Champ or uh, uh, is that the visor NASCAR cam uses. No, it goes into the. It's actually sits inside the the uh, the camera itself. sits inside the helmet. Okay, just right in yeah. here, or over here, one of the two. But um, Bell actually had the the authorized helmet. I think others have it now. That's FIA certified, and it hooks up to the system. I called Racing Force to see if we could get a system or whatever, and got kind of laughed at because it's massively expensive, and just doesn't come with a camera. It comes with a truck. Uh, semi truck and lots of people and a huge contract that there's no way in hell champ car could ever afford. Sure, it. come on. But yeah, but we tried. I looked, you know, I, you know, I opened up that 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 checkbook and it said, nah, "Go away, Bill." Um, can you set something up? Let's say something like that to where you have just because you probably use like lipstick cameras for those. Actually, so we build our own cameras in house based on a Sony IMX two one nine sensor. Um, and a um, and a custom breakout board, which takes a CSI signal and turns it into an H using the HDMI mm-hmm. cable. Um, so they're not electrically compatible. So don't ever plug an HDMI camera into the front of a Sentinel, even though there is there are HDMI 
connectors. We just, or we abused a Writing connector. Writing that down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we abused a connector standard because there's high quality HDMI cables available on the market inexpensively. Right. Um, so I didn't have to design my own cable and, uh, and that saved us a ton of money. Right, right. Uh, but it's something we could possibly do in the future. Um, all we really need is drivers um, for another sensor and a form factor. What we did is we actually have our own anodized aluminum cases now for all of our cameras. Um, and um, they're really nice, solid pieces. Um, they, they tend to uh, tend to outlast most collisions. Right. We've had, um, we've had, unfortunately, had a number of people wreck cars with Sentinels in them. And um, they uh, pretty much the system survived. Yeah. My my BMW M4 GT4 met its untimely demise at a WRL event uh, a little over a year ago, and um, you know what what survived was the Sentinel, and <laughs> the rest of the car was a uh, was a total write off. That sounds like so a commercial. Next... <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Yeah. So uh, what's next for for uh, Sentinel for your company? So we um, at this point, um, I think we're we're largely feature complete. So we're really getting on the um, expanding markets, right? So Champ Car is a a renewed area of focus for us. Um, we have I think we've gotten the market that we're going to get out of WRL. Um, you know, everyone has got one. It's probably forty percent of the paddock at this point. Uh, everyone who wants one's got one. Um, and I think uh, Champ Car is uh, kind of our next target. And then we're looking at um, uh, civil opportunities, right? So police fire EMS, right. um, you know, for, um, you know, obvious reasons, you know, having a record of, um, you know, stops in real yep. time, dispatch can see what's going on. Uh, if we need to send out another fire truck when the, you know, it's too busy to talk to the fire captain, you can kind of see what's going on. Uh, Arkansas the- state police for the, uh, you know, <laughs> li- li- live PD <laughs> and their car chases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. Yeah. You have a lot of time now to recover. Just sit down and watch YouTube and do a search for Arkansas's state, you know, state, state police. police. Yeah. yeah, Arkansas state police uh, chases. They're pretty incredible. I'll yeah. check that out. Yeah, they don't they they don't take any any crap, man. They will pit you in an instant. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, don't don't run from those guys, huh? No, yeah. no, they will chase you, and they've got the big the big Chrysler or Dodges. Uh, yeah, the the Hell Cats or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fun times. Yeah, so I think that's our reason. next. I think those are our next kind of markets. Um, I think Champ Car. I think Champ Car is really leaning in on um, on live video. I think people are starting to understand why they need it. Um, I watched a lot of your broadcasts, uh, especially for Sebring, because a Sebring is my favorite racetrack now. Well, close. It is. It is mine as well. It's such a great place. If yeah. you add up all the bumps, I think it's got more elevation than any yep. other racetrack in America. Yep, we say that constantly. That's the high, the highest elevation change <laughs> of any track in the world. Because so, yeah. of the bumps, two inches at a time. <laughs> yeah, and, and the the fun part about Sebring is, is as a car builder, you you um, or even a crew chief or whatever, if you can prepare a car that lasts for uh, fourteen hours at Sebring or even seven hours at Sebring, I suspect even even two hours at Sebring, you've done something good because that track will beat the yeah. heck out of a car. I mean, every, every bolt we had guys coming into pit lane. Uh, we, we, New Year's Eve, we held a, a eight plus seven at a uh, um, Sebring and we had guys coming in an hour and parts are falling off their cars. Yeah. You know, cause just bolts just start finding that, you know, it just shakes the heck out of a car, which is one of the reasons I think why um, a lot of the Lamar cars, the IMSA cars before they go to Le Mans, they they race at Sebring to really test the cars out. IMSA did a famous study a few years ago and said that sixty percent of the wear on the IMSA season comes from the twelve hours of Sebring. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, that's crazy. I think it was it was based on an LMP two or an LMP three car, but I mean the 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 physics are the same for GT cars, right? Right. Yep. So um. Your your system took the G forces because there was a couple of them running there that weekend, and they took the uh, the G forces the uh, pounding that Sebring gave it pretty well. So that's a good test of your system. Yeah, we've we've the first generation stuff. I'll go ahead and admit um, the stuff that was in the silver cases, uh, you know, was just not just wasn't bolted together enough for to survive Sebring or 
things like that. But the Gen 2 stuff is really robust. We've made an extreme effort to uh, kind of put it together. Like we put them in NPO1s, which are harmonically unbalanced cars hmm. that vibrate the snot out of everything. <laughs> I'm not sure if you ever heard of Stratus Racing, but they've got like six of those NPO1s. And they swear by our Sentinel systems. Wow. They actually just got an email um, saying they want two more. So, uh, you know, we're in our business continuity phase right now. Um, you know, since I was laid up for a couple of months, um, I've got um, external production uh, coming online here shortly. So we'll be able to get start getting systems back out the door soon. All right. Cool. So their web address is on the screen now, www.sentinel.racing. Uh, so you can go there to check it out. And, and for those Super Tour drivers out there who are, uh, we have our broadcast now for all of the races. And uh, the Sentinel system uh, is the easiest for us to get onto the broadcast. So, right. um, you know, uh, we would love if anyone wants to be on the show. Obviously, we'll take any, any stream that we can get. Yep. Um, we, we're not picky, but uh, when it comes to ease of implementation, um, when, when I get that, uh, that SRT feed from, from James, it, it just, it's, it's like magic. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. So, so we always have, we always have a guy available in case you guys need, it need help. Yeah. Jake Finnegan, I'm sure both of you guys have probably yep, yep. interacted with him. Fantastic support guy. Um, good sales guy. Uh, he is always available in case you guys need something, um, or customers need anything at the racetrack. So. Very now cool. we're going to be getting a unit from you and that's, we're going to, we were talking earlier, we're going to figure out a way to put that into race cars that we can move around during a race. Cause our races can go on for 24 hours and sometimes we get bored with the car or maybe that car just doesn't last the 24 hours. So we have to quickly move it out of a car and move it into another. So we're looking at different solutions to do that. And I think we've just discovered, we talked about a couple of them and uh, we'll be setting that up for 2024. Polly will be uh, taking those streams and, uh, We'll put them out there and uh, show some magic. Cool. Great. Yeah, and I, I put you in touch with the guys over at Autobahn um, who literally is do, are doing the same thing, right? Yep. So you know, Autobahn Raceway, uh, Kyle over there, um, yep. he does, um, he's got a hand, he's got a system and he just actually is looking for another one. And uh, he's got it down to a science where it can take, you know, five minutes to get a, get a system in the car at this point. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Cool. All right. So when you're done, when you're done with your full stop, you got to wait here five minutes while I put put it in your car. <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. So speaking of timetables, and I've obviously no one's going to hold you to it, because um, you've got uh, recovery is more important than racing. Although racing is 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 big. Um, wh what do you think your timetable, your your target timetable is, for us to see you back at a race car? So I really want to make the Super Tour at um, at the uh Watkins Glen I managed to take the track record last year uh, in 2023 and I want to be able to defend that um and uh because I know Andrew's coming for it <laughs> so yeah so if you do super tour at Watkins and super tour at Road America that might get you enough to qualify for the runoffs now I'll need one more weekend uh, okay. to make that happen and without a waiver all right um but uh we'll uh we're gonna see what we can do I mean I'd love to get back to Road America my car and I agree more than we ever have in the past. Um, in 2023, was such a great, it was a great season. I won the Super Tour, I won my conference, and I finished third at the runoffs. So uh, it was a fantastic season for me, and uh, I'd love to be able to do that again for 24. But uh, like you said, recovery is more important. Yep, yep. Whether it happens this year, whether it happens in 25, uh, the fact that you're sitting here having a conversation with us. Uh, is a, a miracle, no no, yes. no matter how you slice it. I guess slice is probably not the right term to use in this case. <laughs> they did a lot of slicing, no worries. They did, they did. Uh, <laughs> what a poor choice of words, Brian. Um, it's all right, Brian. Anyway, um, we're just happy that you're here talking to us, and uh, we look forward to following along your progress. And um, when you do get to the racetrack, come on up to the booth with us. And if you show up at a champ car race, I'm sure that yep. uh, on that, that uh, Bill here would love to have you guys up there as well. Yep. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it a point to do some champ car uh, this this coming year. There's a few uh, there's a few teams who've uh, said that they they have me, so uh, I'm gonna take them up on it. See what cool. happens. Cool. There you go. Well, that's James Candelaria, racer, Thanks, James. in car Thank camera you. guy, and heart transplant recipient. Thanks for being with us, and uh, good luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon.
All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. All right. Well, that is uh, that's pretty remarkable, Bill. That uh, yeah, we, we're just even sitting here having this discussion. Um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've, you know, I've had nothing like he's had. I've I've had the AFib and cardioverted right. about five six times, and that about you know that was just the worst ever. But yeah, yeah to go what he's done is just insane. well, and yeah. and the fact that his doctors think that there'll be a time yeah. when he can get back into a race car. I mean, you know, we hear a lot about heart transplants. That used to be a whiz bang thing back 25, 30 years ago. I remember the Jarvik Seven heart was a big deal oh, yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And and you know, heart transplants were not a guarantee of anything at no, that point no. in time. And no. to, to think that now, 25, 30 years later, we're not only you know talking about a guy who we know uh, who's who has a new has a new ticker. But as doctors have said, there's no reason if everything goes well that you can't get back in a race car. That just just boggles my mind. Yes. And it yeah. I you know, my wife said he'll be all right. My wife's a you know yeah. medical. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, and it's just it it's crazy. I, I just don't know what to say. I'm I'm just right. glad he's around and uh He'll be back out there. It'd be great to see him back out there. Well, and, and it's also a testament to, I, I'm sure the fact that he is one of the most fit human beings I've ever met did not hurt yeah. this process at all. You no. know, um, no. I, I'm sure that's going to aid in his his recovery and how fa- fast he got home from the hospital after the surgery. Right. And right. all that kind of stuff. So that's all. You and I would st- still be there. Oh, more I'm, pudding, I'm a wuss. Pudding. Yeah. I, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be on the couch asking for more ice cream or something. So, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that I remember when I got cardioverted, the pain, it, it, you can't get to it. Yeah. It's, it's there, but you can't get, you can't scratch it. Ugh. It's inside and it's the, it's the worst feeling ever. And I can brought back memories. Yeah. But I know his has got to be just pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. But, so, all yeah, right. He'll be good. He'll a- be good. Any business we need to get to here? Well, Hey, guess where we're, uh, we're a couple of weeks away from uh-huh, Road Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, we're doing the tire rack, uh, com Road Atlanta 14. We're busy, uh, getting ready for that race. Uh, we got staff doing stuff. We got uh, we got all brand new batteries for our Flagtronic system loaded up in the truck. Of course, I ordered the really big ones because you know bigger's better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you put them in a van, and it's like, where are we going to put the tables and the chairs and all that? So, guess what? Bill's carrying to races from now on: <laughs> tables and chairs, not batteries. Okay. But uh, we're getting ready for that. Got the shirts ordered up for that event. We've got uh, more shirts ordered for the 15 year anniversary of Champ Car. Um, lots going on too. We got the show going on. Polly will be there. We got Bob Varsha joining us in the booth. That's going to be pretty awesome. wild here at, uh, at the race. We're also going to, you know, we'll have the Sentinel up and working hopefully, and, uh, we'll have uh, tons of track cameras and tons of in-car cameras. So, um, give Polly all the tools and Bob to do the show. Uh, then we head off to Virginia International Raceway, then Harris Hill, then off to NCM for the national championship, March 16th and 17th. Um, Daytona, we're 60 cars at Daytona, April 6th. We filled that, or already up to 60 cars. It's a sellout at uh, 120 cars. So uh, if you're thinking about going to Daytona in April, please get uh, signed up. It yep. only takes $250 to sign up, and uh, you just got to pay it off before you, before you go there, yeah. before the green flag drops. But, yeah, 250 bucks to, re- to uh, register. Yes, register. Reserve. I was trying to think reserve, of reserve. register. Sorry. Yeah, it's late, man. I've been at a lot of work today. <laughs> um, so we got that going on. Um, racing. Uh, what else? All kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. So cool. headed off to uh, Flagtronics here to start that process of upgrading the rest of our systems. And, of course, everybody using Flagtronics for 2024 um, you will have to update to version 0.7, and that will be out probably about a week before Road Atlanta. Um, that will have the latest encryption. Every year we redo a bunch of stuff, and uh, they're going to add a few more little things to it, Yeah, and uh, we'll get that going. So um, if don't worry about it. If you can't get it working or if you don't know how to update, we'll be there at the track to do it when you go through your 2024 tech. We'll show you how to do it, and uh, we'll do it. Very cool. Um, yep. So. I think that's about it. Uh, there's probably something I missed. I knew I, I wrote down some stuff, but we're good to go. All right. Well, if that's the case, then that is going to do it for another yep. episode of Inside Champ Car. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you share it on your social media channels. Comment on the Champ Car Facebook page. We have new episodes every Tuesday and then on the podcast channel Thursdays. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Belansky. 
You are listening to the Racing Wire Podcast Network, and you're watching Champ Car Live on YouTube. Stay with us, everybody. Have yourself a great week. Okay, stream is ended. Okay. I'll be back in one second. All right. Thanks, James. You can just log off now and... Oh, wait. Did you need James on? Oh, wait. Just to see if he needs you still on here. Okay. No sweat. No sweat. Thank you. How you How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Man, it's just... Okay. This recovery thing is uh, harder yeah. than Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. And they're going to make it worse once they start making you do stuff. Yeah, it's next week we start uh, cardiac rehab. So yeah, but hey, yeah, they, my, uh, as long as I get done. my daughter's going to physical. She's going to be a doctor of physical therapy, and she's telling us some of the things that they really have to force people to do. You know, basically you hurt them to make them better. Yeah, it's it's, like, uh, those PT those. guys are no joke. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I remember the first time we did steps. I mean, like uh, like stairs. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I did three steps and nearly collapsed. And yeah. I was like, well, we just kept doing them and doing them and I got stronger and stronger. So did they tell you anything about the heart? Do they give you any info or no? So the weird thing is like that you're, they're not allowed to because of HIPAA. Oh, oh right. But I was told that a year at a year, I can write to the uh, donor family and they would deliver the letter. And if they wanted to write back, they would, if they didn't, there's nothing I can yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. You can do. Yeah. The only thing they told me was that um, the heart was the correct size. Um, They wouldn't even tell me what gender the heart was. was. So I could have a girl's heart. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it matters. I got a heart that I I had before. (laughs) When I was working at Richmond Ambulance, um, one of my jobs was to be at the airport to collect hearts and the the people who carry them from hospital to hospital. And um, that was always just like, you know, being an EMT is mission oriented, but that seemed like just a very different mission. And, and it was kind of like this sacred, you know, you know what to be asked to do that. Everyone got asked to do it. So it wasn't any special that I got asked to do it, but I mean, it's just, when you get asked to do that, you realize that there's a whole lot that's gone into that particular moment. And it's pretty, it's pretty moving. You've got the opportunity to provide, help provide life to somebody else, yeah. which is yeah sacred. Yeah, so. absolutely. Awesome. Did you need me for this next piece nope. or should I log off? No, we're just going right, to do cool. a quick old log off on our own and uh, uh-huh. you're all good. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate hey, the opportunity. Thank you, James. And, and, we'll and thank your week. wife for all the updates. She's amazing. Totally. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Take Thanks. care. Cheers. All right, Bill. We'll just do this fast. It won't take much. And I'm just going to hit start recording. Um, can I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll do something else down the road to inside the SCCA up the, the screen. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. What a great conversation with James, uh, Bill. It's just amazing to talk to him now after we've seen the whole process of what he's been through. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to know that he's just 30 years ago. This would have never happened. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome because, and- uh. And remarkable, remarkable not only that he's got a new heart, but that his doctors are very confident that he's going to be able to drive a race car again. I mean, it's been, what, a month? Yeah. And he's up and around and yeah. doing stuff, and it's it's just crazy science today, yeah. man. I'd still so. be in the fetal position on my couch asking for another ice, another one of those little orange sherbets that they give you at the hospital, you know? Yeah. So. It's Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you, by the way, uh, for agreeing to do this as a joint podcast. Um, I didn't want him to go through and sit through this twice because, you know, I mean, he's still recovering and I'm sure he gets tired really fast. And uh, to have to spend another hour to do it with me, um, I I just know that we have so many and we have so many of our drivers and teams and crews that cross over from one series to another. Yes. And that's and we all know that. I mean, Chelsea knows that she's a the the executive director of champ car. And we all know that we have people that race with both series consistently. And, uh, you know, the SCCA was here first. Yeah. So, you know, we all play by the same rules. Yep. And like, even in our, even in our rule book, I think it says, uh, cages, if it's SCCA good, you know, for the most part, it's for us too. So, I mean, there's many, 
Well, and like I said off the top, we're all family. No matter yeah. which patch is on the uniform, depending yeah. on which weekend we're racing, uh, we're all we're all a part of this same crazy car racing family, and that's why yeah. uh, that's yeah. why this worked out so well. So, all right, my friend, let's uh, let's call it a night, and uh, we'll come back to doing our own individual podcast next week. Uh, yep. But uh, he is uh, Bill Strong from Inside Champ Car, and uh, we are going to do this again next week. So this is going to be it for another episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing and watching, um, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network. Uh, you can also check us out on the Racing Network on YouTube. would also be great if you leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. Follow us on social media to find out who the next guest is and leave a question. On Twitter, it's at RacingWireNet. There's a new Inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Bolanski. Have yourself a fantastic fantastic weekend. Stay safe and go play with cars. I'm Dorsey Schrader, and when I'm on my way to a race, I'll listen to the SCCA podcast Inside the Short Bus. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA. All right, we're done. Thank you, sir. Perfect. Yeah, we need to do something like that, too. Yeah, I just didn't so, want to make him do this twice. I mean, I... I oh, no, 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 you know? no. That's it's good. I, I, You know, I kind of thought about that.